Hi there. You're listening to the Grow Counseling Podcast. I'm Michelle Jones, your host for the day. Recently, I was able to sit down with Dr. Wendy Dickinson, and I asked her several questions about stress, what it is, how we deal with it, how it affects our bodies, and got some really great information that I wanted to share with you. So without further ado, here it is. Talk us through a little bit more about what those coping resources are, some ways that we could um, pursue maybe coping resources we don't know about for ourselves. Yeah. So coping resources, again, are just those big picture um, ways that we take care of ourselves. So they can be big things. They can be small things. Um, they're just things that kind of help us feel grounded and like the best version of ourselves, And we can kind of feel ourselves sinking into a happy place because the stress is going down. They're the ways that we fill back up so that we feel like we have energy and life to give other people. And I think one of the important things is to remember that, again, not a one size fits all. They're not the same for everyone. So, you know, what makes you feel filled up and have life and rested and restored may be different than, um, you know, what I use to feel that way. A lot of times taking a bath or a shower is sort of a nice way to like take a break, regroup, uh, feel grounded. It's, a, it's the temperature of the water on our skin and sort of that sensory experience that helps. Um, little things like lighting a candle or, you know, that again brings, there's sort of an element of engaging your senses because you might smell something different. The lighting might change a little bit. I always recommend to my clients exercise and it doesn't have to be super strenuous, you know, boot camp style exercise. It can be something as normal as going for a walk and kind of getting your heart rate up because you went up a hill. But all the research shows that if you exercise for even 30 minutes a day, it's the equivalent of taking a low-dose antidepressant. So I always encourage my clients, like, make a list, make your own list. What are the 10 things that make you feel better? Because, you know, in the middle of a stressful time, it's hard to come up with those. But if you can pull up a list and go, oh, right, you know, hey, changing the lighting, that really helps. Or taking a shower, I'm going to go for a quick walk. It's helpful to have a go-to list ready. So as we think about moving forward in a time of stress, what are some of the recommendations or suggestions you make for not missing these opportunities? Like what do we need to do to pay attention? I think one of the really helpful things is to maintain some kind of a routine. So if you've lost a job and all of a sudden you know, that was the thing that provided structure to your life and that's not there anymore. Or maybe, you know, maybe you're a teacher and you've been looking forward to summer break the whole year and then all of a sudden it's here and you kind of just have this unstructured time. Or maybe you're a parent and you've been through a divorce and you're used to being around your kids all the time and you kind of have all this free time. I think one really important thing is to find a way to maintain routines. Uh, routines help us feel like we have some measure of control in situations where we might not have a lot of control. And so little things like, you know, getting up and taking a shower or having kind of a standard time that you get up or go to sleep or keeping mealtimes um, kind of consistent, having even a little ritual like making coffee in a certain way in the morning or tea if you're a tea person. You know, those kind of things just help us feel like we know what to expect, what's predictable, what feels like we have a little bit of control over it, and allows us to save our energy and resources for the things that we legitimately don't have any control over. So 
I think by taking some small steps, you feel like you have choices, you have a little bit of control that allows you to be ready to kind of face those bigger things that are real. They are hard. You know, we're not minimizing the things that are hard, but doing some of these little things helps prepare us to handle the bigger things. What do we do for our next steps? Like when we, we've tried these things and we know something else has got to happen here. Okay, we changed the lighting. We made a cup of coffee and we <laughs> exactly. took a bath and nothing helped. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I would say, and you know, this is my bias, but I think therapy is extremely helpful. It has been life-changing for me. So I speak from firsthand experience and then being able to walk through life and be able to do this on a regular basis with other people. I see the life change in their lives, which gives me hope and excitement about the future and things getting better and people changing. I think having somebody who has an outside objective perspective who can say, yeah, this is super hard right now. And also I see a way through this because I'm looking at this from a different perspective or, you know, my experience in walking with people through this tells me that you will get through this and, you know, it's going to be hard, but you're going to come out the other side stronger you're going to be, you have an opportunity to be a better version of yourself and I'm going to help you find some tools that you need to be able to get through this. It's kind of like, you know, if you're sick and you go to the doctor, I don't ever really care what they say. I mean, I care, but what I really want to hear them say is I know what's going on here. I understand this illness and I have a plan. You're going to feel better in 48 hours. Yes. <laughs> like like the, the, the filler of like how we're going to get there is kind of, you know, slightly irrelevant to me at that <laughs> point, you know? So I, I think that's kind of the, the piece of having a therapist and whether you're in a crisis right now or, you know, things are kind of feeling okay right now, I think it's still a good time to connect because having somebody who already knows your story, they already hold, you know, what's true about you, strengths, weaknesses, kind of know your family situation or your stressors or what's going on in your life allows them to be able to really jump into action when you face something that's stressful. So you, you can always reach out to a therapist under stress, but you could also do it if you're in a good place and just kind of establish that relationship so that you know, again, kind of back to the doctor metaphor, you already have a, a practitioner that you know and trust. And that way, when you're, when you feel sick, there's somebody who, who you can call. Um, they, lately, we're doing a lot of telemental health, which is a super fancy way of mm -hmm. saying virtual sessions. <laughs> so we're doing phone calls, we're doing videos, and most of the clients report that it's as helpful as being in the office in person. So that's great. Yeah. I mean, if wow. you can find somebody who you connect with, even if they're on the other side of the city or the commute seems long or you have small children, it's hard to get away to drive to an office or whatever. It provides a ton of flexibility and options for people that they might not have had before. This might be something new for people. They haven't ever thought about this, but they're kind of feeling stuck. What do you recommend? What mindset do they need to have? What do they need to do? So practically, you can go to our website, www.growcounseling.com, and uh, we do distance work. You can look at the profiles of our therapists and see if there's somebody who's a good fit for you. And then also on our site, we have a list of questions that will help you when you're reaching out to somebody for the first time, because a lot of people say, well, I don't even know what I would say if I called a therapist. So there's a list of questions that just give you an idea of like, how do you get to know them? How do you handle that first phone call and sort of reaching out and finding out more about how they work and 
what all the ins and outs are. If none of the therapists on our site are a good fit, there are a number of sites online that will direct you to somebody. So I would say get online and do some research. I always find that with a lot of things, a referral from somebody who knows somebody they trust is the best option. And I think more of our friends have therapists than we realize. So I think if you have a little courage to reach out and say, hey, I'm thinking about seeing a therapist or talking to somebody, do you know anyone? I bet you'd be surprised at the number of your friends who say, oh yeah, I have the best person I'd love to refer you. We also have a ton of resources on our website if, if maybe people aren't ready to take that step to actually schedule something. We have a bunch of blogs. We have this podcast. We have some videos. We try to offer something for people at every stage in the process. You know, I think the more comfortable that people get interacting with mental health information or concepts or ideas, the more comfortable they're going to be talking to somebody about their story and and kind of where where they are. So that would be another in-between step is just start doing some reading or listening up on how you handle things like stress. Take care. Mm -hmm.